Oh, what's happening to my mic? There it is. There it is. Whew. How was your weekend? I want to hear about your weekend. Half an hour. No interviews. Just you and me. Tell me about your weekend. It was cold. I went to Papamoa, Mount Monganui, Rotorua in the weekend. It was cold. Chucked on the T-shirt, walked outside, walked back inside, put her on a hoodie. Had to put her on a hoodie. Um, what a weekend for the Phoenix. What a, what a day it was for the Phoenix. Um, I watched half the men's game, all of the women's game. That women's team have gone next level for me. Are, are any of you out there watching it? And what is your... Because I've got David Dome on. Uh, he is the CEO of the Phoenix. Um, what are your observations about what they've got right? Why have they come right? Um, because they just look awesome. Particularly the women's team just look awesome. So much belief. And I heard someone ring in to uh, breakfast. No, sorry. They had... Was it Chris Millicent, John? I'm not sure. Um, saying how fit they look. How fit they look. And of course, they are all training together now at NZCIS down in Upper Hutt, down Trentham there, alongside the Hurricanes, the Wellington Lions, various other teams going there. It's a high performance centre. And I'm just wondering if that's that's got a little bit to do with it. And I know their offices are all based out there now the Phoenix offices, Wellington Rugby's offices, and all that sort of cross training and cross um, promotion. Training along, you know, footballers training alongside rugby players. I wonder if that's all lending itself to, to better performance from the Phoenix teams. Also keen to hear from Brent, who texts through, and I saved it, actually, because at four minutes, uh, sorry, at 16 minutes to three, he texts through, he texts through and said, hey, Staff, I'm doing a four-kilo brisket for the young fella's first birthday as I speak. It's been going since seven o'clock this morning, smelling beautiful. Great excuse for a few cold ones and to get him keen on the meat. Beagle from the bay. So, Beagle, I want to hear your report on the four-kilo brisket. And also a reminder, too, we uh, we will find out who is the winner of our big barbecue banquet bonanza bracket today. We'll, we'll kick off soon with the semi-finals, even though it's not in the script. I think we're doing it in the first hour, aren't we, Joey? We are doing it in the first hour. We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll announce the first of the semi-finals Next hour, the second of the semi-finals, final hour, the grand final. And just a reminder too that everyone that's voted, we haven't decided yet, we'll spin the wheel right at the very end, one of those online randomizers. Everyone's name is in there. Everyone that's texted, everyone that's called is in there. And you will win a package, a catering pack of the finest epic salt and vinegar, big barbecue, tasty chips, the, the, the big catering box of Bluebird, Big Crunch, Big Taste, Big Flavour, Big Guys uh, chips, and a package from Castle's Brewing Company, award-winning flavour, freshness and quality. So check out their range of products. You head to castles.nz. I'll spell that for you, C-A-S-S-E-L-S, castles.nz for more info. It's already in. Drink responsibly. So few beers, few chips, getting you ready. Someone's going to win a sensational, a sensational, the Bluebird people told me you should say, that sensational pack leading up to Christmas. But I want to hear about your weekend, sporting, barbecuing, relaxing. What did you get up to? Let's just let's just reflect on the last couple of days. Darren and Aussie. G'day, Darren. Hey, Steffi. How are you, mate? Brilliant. Oh, I'll tell you what, potato chips and beer. I know. You can lock me in for any of those. It's yeah. just a staple, isn't it? Oh, mate, I have to restrict myself to one bag of chips a week, otherwise I just cut loose. It gets, it gets nasty. 
They're so, so Moorish, and particularly these new flavoured ones. Um, I don't. Well, you, you, do you get bluebird chips over there? Oh, there's a kiwi shop in Laverton that I go to, and I get, I get, I get my fill. So yeah, <laughs> that's the stuff. Right. <laughs> what was your weekend like? Mate, I got older on Saturday. Did you? I did. I did. So yeah, my last year in the forties. Oh, so, uh, what this year is. This year, I got one more. Yep, one more left. Nine. Happy so. birthday, champ! Ah, oh, thanks for that. Yeah, so we went to this. My wife organised it with a few mates. We uh, ended up going to a brewery for twelve thirty. She so, knows you well. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. It, it, I must admit, I was in bed by ten o'clock. It's a lot. It's a, it's it's a short day when you start at twelve thirty. So. <laughs> Actually, I but, went to um, I went to a mate's fiftieth last year. Same thing. Like it was started at one. At a venue that did wine and beers and food and all that sort of thing, got to five o'clock. I got the yawns on. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, it was good though because I woke up the next day feeling like a million dollars. So sort of, uh, I think I slept through the hangover, maybe. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was good. It was just nice. Yeah, I, I had the weekend off from barbecuing, so I had that, that. That was. I mean, I do like barbecuing, but it's nice to have one off. Mm. So what's filling? Yeah, your, it was what, good. What's what fills your sporting cup at this time of year? Oh, I actually, well, I, I don't watch any rugby. I, I sort of have that off until Super Rugby to, you know, just sort of get away from it all. Mm. But I am um, just cricket, mate. Yeah, you know, I, I like listening to the cricket. I don't, I'm not big, I don't have enough time to watch it. So I'll, I'll be doing whatever I'm doing. I have my headphones on or I'll have my Bluetooth speaker going. But yeah, just listening to the cricket. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Sheffield Shield stuff or what, what do you listen to? Or the Aussies and Indians? Oh, yeah, the internationals. If the Kiwis are playing, or if Aussies are playing, so yeah, whatever, whatever's going. So, you know, or your lovely dulcet tones. So, you know, I'll uh, put on a podcast if I've missed something. So, <laughs> I did miss on Friday. What are the four? What are the four? What are the semis? Oh, I'll tell you what the first one is. Uh, just trying to think what order we're going to do them, Joey. Which order are we going to do them? Oh, we're going to do our number one seed first. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's interesting seeding-wise. Uh, sausages nut... Oh, we're going to do it now with Darren online. Well, if we're announcing it, we might yes, as well, right? Yes, Joey. Oh, <laughs> and Darren can be the first one to vote audibly. Okay, oh, Joey. Oh, brilliant. Joey, hit us with it. What's the matchup? Guys, it's probably the matchup of the decade. It's sausages versus beer. Number one against number three. Oh. There's really no separation oh. there. The number what one kind of man are you? What kind of man are you, Darren from Aussie? Look yourself in the mirror and oh. think, do I prefer sausages or do I prefer beer? Oh, God. Um, Jesus. Oh, nah, it's, it, I've got to go beer. <laughs> you got to go beer. Beer's leading 1 0. Wow, that is. I don't, well, no, actually, that was very expected, Darren. But it was good on you, mate. It's a tough, tough choice. It's a real tough oh, choice. Oh, very hard. Yeah, beer yeah. and sausages. Um, oh, and interestingly, the, the, final. The, second, the second semi-final, which will start after one, is the number two seed against the number eight seed. Bit of a little wild card, the eight seed. So I'll let you know what that is after uh, the one o'clock news. So one nil to beer so far. Well done, Darren. Thanks, mate. I tell you what, I could go a sausage right now. Yeah, you think, there you go. Ten o'clock. Yeah, that's it. I could too. I well and truly could a gourmet not, sausage. Not some pre-cooked, not some pre-cooked rubbish. I might add. Yes, well Freshly done. Cooked. Well done. 
Uh, actually, I had some pre-cooked sausages over the weekend, and they're just so good. I, I in fact, I, I I gave them to um, a couple of my girlfriend's friends. They came over to my place, and they loved it. They said, "You're right. It's all about the toppings. It really highlights the toppings, you know." Whereas with the actual sausage, you don't want to put too much toppings on because you want to taste the sausage, you know. So it's what you, it's really when you when I'm talking about pre-cooked sausage, I'm talking about the works, you know. <laughs> don't you like the works, Darren oh. from Aussie? <laughs> No, Staffy, you need to put one of those dog shock collars on him, and when he goes off like this, just push the button. Push the button. And he gets a shock. I like that. I like that, mate. Mate, and what's going to happen when he has a, a nice, freshly cooked sausage off the barbie done properly, you're gonna, your whole world's going to open up when you taste that. That's what he needs. We're actually going to Kempi's place for our Christmas drinks and stuff, staff drinks in about just over a week. I'm going to take some gourmet sausages and watch Joey eat it without toppings, and then he'll know what he's been missing out on. Oh, he, he, it's, a, it's a brave new world for him, Stuffy. I know. I'm, well done. I'm prepared to open his eyes. Good man, Darren. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. So there it is. Sausages or beer. That's the first semi-final. Double eight, double three, Temper Beer Post text machine. Get your votes in and here they come. Right, we go to Scott in Wellington. G'day, Scott. Hey, Steph. How you going? Good, man. Now, now I feel like while I'm driving around is uh, sausages and beer. Yeah, I know. It's, it's... <laughs> and it's not fair because I'm not close to anywhere that uh, can give that to me at the moment either. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tuck one bite in for sausage, just even it up. Nothing, I, nothing better than a, a good cooked sausage on the barbecue. And, and sorry, uh, Joey, uh, real sausages as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no changing his mind, but it's about 95% in favour of real sausages over pre-cooked. Sorry, Joey. Sausages. How, what, did you, what, what did you get up to in the weekend? Um, well, shocking weather on Saturday down here. Yesterday it was actually... Yeah, it's. I've been through it three or four times. I'm actually going again on Friday, and um, and every time I go, there's some new whiz bang technology, and you just see all the athletes in there, the massive gym and the plunge pools, and the fields are amazing. It's such a good venue. And it must just change the, you know, the, the way you, you feel about going to training and, you know, rehab and all of that sort of stuff at the same time. If you've got the facilities that are, that are good and fun and exciting to go to, you, you want to go there. So I think that all sort of helps as well for them as well. So fingers crossed they can keep it up and both teams can keep it up. And, um, you know, I, I think I thought at the start of the season, you know, it would be around the playoffs. 
in, so but hopefully we can push it further and go a bit deeper this time as well, and uh, it'd be awesome to see both teams in there as it, well. It so, really would. I, I, I would be. So it, it sort of brings me uh, more joy from my other side of uh, watching my uh, Everton team at the moment and not getting much joy out of that. So, um, you know, as... I always get told it's it's a tough life with the teams I support, but at least the Phoenix are doing well at the moment. You've got one. You've got one at the top of the table. That's a good start. That is. That mm. is. So. Top man, Scott, just as he dropped out. Thanks for calling, Scott. Um, good solid phone lines in Christchurch. Mikey? No. Uh, Stephanie, how are you? Yeah, good. <laughs> I, um, I had a... Obviously, a barbecue this weekend. Of course, you did. Um, had had a, had some lovely beers, and we actually had one of those Ingham's butterfly chickens. Have you ever seen those in the supermarket? I'm a regular purchaser of said butterfly chickens. Oh, tell you what, <laughs> goes well, goes real well on the barbie. Um, you can chuck on the barbie. Yeah, I've got one of those um, Weber barbecues, yeah. and they come with a. They're kind of like the iPhone of barbecues because there's all these attachments and whiz bang things you can buy. But you can buy this sort of like um, it's like a foil diffuser, and then you put your rack on top of that, and mm-hmm. then that's that's where you can do your roasts effectively mm. in the barbie. And it's absolutely stunning. And I had a mate round. He's um, he's from Liverpool. Looks like George Harrison, believe it or not. I actually asked about his parentage. <laughs> <laughs> George probably fathered a few. <laughs> yeah, without without the hair, but. Uh, he was escaping a, uh, his wife was having a, like a, a wine and book evening and he said, I've just got to get out of there, mate. So he came around, we had a barbie and just, just t- talked about music and movies. It was fantastic. Uh, talking about what movies? Music and movies? Oh, just music and movies. Just music and then movies. We're both into movies and we're both really into music and he plays guitar as well. So I uh, just love those kind of conversations, you know. Give really me g- give me a couple of movies. I've got a bit of time come off coming up soon. Give me a couple of movies I may not have heard of that, that tick your box. Uh, you, you're probably not into... Because you're not really into sci-fi or anything, though, are you? You're not sort of a... I don't mind sci-fi as if there's humans playing humans, if you know what I mean. I don't like Daleks yeah. and, and Alien right, right. and all that. Well, if you ever get the chance, well, you may have already seen it, and it will blow your mind. I had to watch it three times just to get my head around it. Uh, Interstellar, have you seen that? I watched it two weeks ago because because Sam insisted I watch it, and I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. I had to watch it twice just to to kind of get it, uh, and I still even pass it. I'm just kind of like, what the hell happened there? Yeah, um, amazing film though, absolutely amazing. Great soundtrack as well. So, yeah, he actually said um, to me when I said I watched it, and I said I didn't sort of get that blah blah blah, and then I realised what, and he said watch it again, just watch it again. Yeah, because the start yeah, didn't absolutely. make sense to me for quite a while. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, very strange, but very very cool. He's a, he's a visionary director, Christopher Nolan. So yeah, um, yeah, well worth watching. But anyway, hey, look. Um, well, something has been on my mind a little bit, just thinking about the summer season, and I can't wait for the Black Caps to get here. I know that I think they've got a test starting tonight. But the domestic sort of 2020 stuff, it's, it's not as big as it could be, could it? Oh, I know. What's, what, what's, what's missing? What is missing from that? Why t- isn't it the big whiz-bang sort of uh, everyone wants to go to it? What's the marketing doing wrong? 
I think it's inter- every player should get a marquee player. I think every team should should get a. Oh, I nearly said David Warner, but just get get a marquee player like. Um, is it the Northern Brave have got the captain of Sri Lankan woman team playing for them? This is someone, someone like that. Get an Angelo Matthews. Get 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 someone. Yeah, because it's it's, it's isn't it? Because we all love our cricket, mm. but we all don't go to it domestically at all. You get a few people there, but that's about it, really. I just I don't know. Just it's just missing something. Definitely missing something. Yeah, but anyway. I, I don't know what it's missing. And if you think about when the Big Bash started, it was colossal. But last year, it had dipped off quite a bit. So I'll be interested to see uh, what, the, what they do for the Big Bash over in Australia this year. Maybe some wiser heads out there mm. um, than me can uh, come up with some good ideas. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, anyway, all right. You have a great day. And yeah, pop me down for beer for the, uh, for, the, for the thing. Beer, OK. Just on the phones, we've got 2-1. I've got 24 unread text messages. So, But beer are leading 2-1 off the phone calls. Thanks, Mikey. Hey, no worries, mate. Catch Cheers, buddy. Let's go down to... Oh, beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Upper Hutt. Gary, g'day, mate. Yeah, g'day, Steph. But better today than it was on the weekend, actually. Saturday was pretty damn cold down here. Yeah, I heard you had some sh- some shocking weather down there. Yeah, it was an inside day, that's for sure. Yesterday mm. was very nice, so I got to finish off the retaining wall yesterday, so that was all good. Lovely. Yeah. Hey, um, just talking about the um the T20 stuff here in New Zealand, mm. I, I think with the double headers that they're doing, I go, go to quite a few of them at the Basin, and admittedly you do tend to get decent crowds there, but like I say, I, I, I think we actually do get quite good attendance to those ones, especially, like I say, since I've started doing these double headers with those 2020s. Oh, look, the Basin Reserve, I think, is, well, for for years I thought it was the best cricket ground for spectators. Uh, It's just so beautiful to go and spend the day there. Oh, it's great, just sitting out on the bank and, yeah, and like I say, yeah, yeah, the women's game generally up first and followed by the men's and, yeah, no, we we have a great time when we go there. And just by the by, big congratulations to Georgia Plimmer on the weekend as well. She got her career high um, against Northern, I think, 147 off about. 130 odd balls or something like that so it's good to see her progressing on because she's she's full of talent but still pretty young yeah yeah good good future her and as you say I I love it that she's young and she's getting all these runs and I think the future of women's cricket in New Zealand is quite good some of the youngsters we've got um, look like they're going to progress nicely yeah there's some pretty good talent coming through same with the Phoenix as well where I've watched those two games obviously and um yeah the women's I mean they're just going way beyond any expectations they had this year for them. Mm. Oh, and on that, actually, um, when you get Chloe not on, you, you were saying you talked to her the other week and said you'll probably get her on again. When you get her on next time, could you ask her why she chews chewing gum during the game? <laughs> I find that so odd. She has a big mouth. It's chewing gum or bubble gum or something, you know, but every game I see her running around and she's chewing away on this chewing gum. I just don't know how you do it in such an aerobic game. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll text her. And they'll probably have training at some stage, but some stage she'll reply to me and I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, be quite. And there's another one that does it as well, but I can't quite remember who it is, but Chloe definitely does it. Yeah, I find that so bizarre. I wouldn't be able to do that. No way. (laughs) She will have a laugh at that, but she'll have an answer for me, I'm sure. So I'll send her off a message shortly. (laughs) No, when when you do, Joe, just say congrats for the the team as well. Yeah, and they're going really good. Yep, will do. Top man. 
Cheers, buddy. Catch you later. Right, I have to do some collating of all of these votes or it'll get out of hand. So we'll take a break. I might give you a progress report. I might not. I might try and keep it close to my chest. But quick break. We'll come back after that. Uh, some text messages come in thanks to Tampa Bear Post they supply us with the text machine uh, like no other Staffy I did the reduced cream and onion dip yesterday with a pack of bluebird salt and vinegar chips next thing I knew I was at the bottom of the bag so did I so did I on Saturday went into the Papamar Fresh Choice got me some reduced cream some onion dip and the epic salt and vinegar. We, we're almost twins, that texter, finishing in uh, 026. D- do you like the onion dip and reduced cream dip? Absolutely. But for me, oh, the I'm... onion dip is the star of the show over the chip, just like how the works, how the onions and the sauces are the star over the sausage. What sauces? So, okay, so you have pre-cooked yeah. sausages, onions, and... Tomato sauce and mustard. Okay, both out of a bottle. Yeah, sure. Not homemade. What, what type of mustard? Uh, just like uh, the English American, American one. American mustard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a go, man. Open up your worlds. Oh, no, I've tried pre-cooked sausages. What sort of pre-cooked sausages do you use? Uh, just the cheapest, probably. I don't know. I mean, they're all the same. Actually, I remember, and I'm not going to mention the brand name, but Sam thought it was hilarious. Uh, I think it was in our first year on air together. And I bought some very cheap pre-cooked sausages, right? Use my normal cooking method, really low heat, little bit of oil, little bit of water, and then the water evaporates, steams, cooks the sausages, and the oil crisps it up. It's never failed me. I got this bag of um, pre-cooked sausages, did them the normal thing, walked away from it, came back 15 minutes later. They'd all split and curled, and it was a shambles, and I took a photo of it and sent it to him. He posted it on the afternoon show Instagram, and so I was encouraged to write to the company. So I wrote to the company with the photo accompanying my email and they sent me a $20 voucher apologising. Oh, it's lovely for them. Yeah. I mean, they should know that, yeah, like pre-cooked sausages, look, they're going to fail you. Yeah, well, th- this was one of those big bags, yeah. like 10 bucks for 20 sausages. See, the, I got what I paid for. I, actually, I forgot to say, but that's what I used to have for lunch all the time, like in summer and stuff, over the summer holidays. I would just have my parents just buy pre- pre-cooked sausages and we would just barbecue them and eat them. Is there a better pre-cooked sausage than another one? Nah, no, I don't think so. Personally, no. It's all the same because it's, it's just fake meat. Who cares? Again, it's not about... You can't say who cares because it... If you've been listening to the callers over the last week, everyone cares except you. <laughs> They're wrong. They're on, Zaffy. I'm bringing sausages to Kempi's barbecue, and we will get you on to report back. I'll, yeah, I'll bring the pre-cooked ones as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you bring your pre-cooked and okay. s- see, how, see how they go. I think they'll go well. Better probably. No. Um, quickly now, uh, beer for me. I wouldn't turn up to a barbecue without beer, but I would show up if there was no sausages. Cuppity stew. Now, isn't cuppity stew the butcher? I think Cuppity Stew's the butcher. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting, Stew. That's interesting. I might have it wrong. Someone from Cuppity. Hi, guys. I vote for beer. How did it work out that the number one seed is against the number three seed, but the number two seed gets to go against the number eight seed? Should it not be one versus eight and two versus three? So the way the draw was done, all the odd numbers went into the Western Conference and all the even numbers went into the other conference. Yeah, oh, oh, sorry, all the odd numbers went into the Eastern Conference and all the even numbers went into the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. the top, it was like one and seven and then three and five and on the other side it was two and eight 
March Madness, college basketball style. That's what yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it worked. I know what you're saying that because um, I know there's a draw. You go one at the top. Oh, I did do one at the top 32 at the bottom, but I know what you're saying. But um, we put it into a March Madness bracket maker, and that's what it spat out. But no one remembers who was eight, Phil. No one remembers unless it wins. And that's in the next hour. So uh, we'll keep telling them up. But now it is time for. Headlines. I know you want it. I know you want it. I know you want it because you're a good boy. Time for Joe's headline. Now you threatened to change that intro. I did. But you it. ran out of time. Yeah, I ran out of time. I was talking to people around the office and they don't want it. People don't want change. People don't like change. Okay. Uh, speaking of change, Australia is set to play two men's tests at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Yes, in the same season, including a 150th anniversary match against England in March for the first time in more than 40 years. 40 years, two two tests will be played at Melbourne Cricket Ground in the same season. Wow! Did they up. only play the Boxing Day test, yeah. and that's the only test they ever played? Yes, I didn't know that either. I Isn't didn't that know weird? that. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to have the one with um, New Zealand on Boxing Day in 2026, and then you're going to have the one in March with England. It's going to probably push back the AFL season as well, because the AFL usually has their opening game in middle, the middle of March yeah. uh, at the MCG. So there you go. Italy won the Davis Cup for the first time in 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Yannick Sinner led uh, Italy to the victory. He beat Novak Djokovic in the semi-finals against Serbia to keep his country's uh, hopes alive, and they beat Australia in the finals. And uh, the F1 season's come to an end. Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell running out the top three. Verstappen easily winning the championship. Mercedes team principal Toto Wolff liking the task of trying to beat him next season to conquering the highest mountain in the world. There is a Mount Everest to cry, climb in order to catch up with Red Bull, Wolff said. Mm. Nice. Is that sports news, Joey? That's sports news. That's sports news with Joey Bell. Uh, Steph, Dean. Oh, is that the same Dean that's ringing? Dean, 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 Dean. How you going, man? Dino. Oh, no, you put him on. Put him on, Joey. Put him on. Sorry, Dino. We've got you now. Yeah, mate. Well, it's it's beer all day, but... I actually just text you, and I read listeners out there. I played the Masters softball a couple of years back, and a Maori lady came along with this dip, and I ate a whole loaf of bread. It's um, <laughs> and I don't like bread much. It's it's Anatox farmland pickle. Yeah. Mixed up with cream cheese, and I guarantee you, you won't. I bet you a bottle of red wine or a river of coke, but you won't go back to onion dip and that other stuff ever again. I like the sound it's of that, that actually, because I like cream cheese it's and that. I like Anatox stuff. Well, you put the farm, but anyone, man, honestly, but that this lady bought the farmlands one. I mentioned her name, Tina Forrester. She's an absolute goddess. A man can, does she make the best? I mean, I haven't, I haven't even gone near that dip in that. It's, it's soup now. That simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a chips and dip oh. kind of guy, Dino? Nah, it gives me bloody indigestion, mate, to be honest. But, but nah, it was that bread just was bad, but that, yeah, it wasn't good the next day. It wasn't the alcohol, it was bloody bread gives me indigestion. That's why I'm trying to hit this red wine stuff and trying to figure out what to do. The doctors are hopeless, man. Just tell me what's in my diet and I'll take it out. And, and, and you're trying to do it yourself and you're leaving the obvious to last. And Jesus, it's looking like the old. I can't drink states and export no more. They're no good, they, 
they just knocked me around. But the heavier octane stuff's better because you don't drink as much of it, I suppose. But I don't know. I don't know. But on that um, Melbourne thing, Steph, like, that's interesting because I've, I've been harping on for ages that Auckland get everything mm. and no one goes. Mm. And that's a classic example why Melbourne sold out. I, did, I wasn't aware of that either. But if you just, because they got so many facilities, they're a bit more, I've got more options than what we ever have, but we're 20 million people, so they should have. But, you know, we need to start spreading stuff around too. I know it's a lot of us doing TV and it's cheaper to get the, the Sky Guys just out of Auckland. But I don't know, there are lots of little sports you can put at the boot, like cricket. No one goes. So why don't you have it at Queenstown again? You know, like, no, Queenstown. We're actually quite well blessed with good cricket grounds when you think about Mount Monganui, Nelson I talked about, Saxton Oval last week. I mean, even uh, Pukekura Park is fantastic. Uh, Fitzherbert Park's had a lot of work done to it in Palmerston. I know they're short of boundaries, but what does that mean? More fours and sixes. That's what the crowd love. 100%, you know, like, and, and get people into it that way. Like, if you a, a sold-out 10,000 looks better than the 10,000 that are 40,000 seat stadium and you see more yellow seats and punters sitting in them like I don't know like, they've got to, we've got to start doing something because we just we don't have the numbers and everything's so damn dear that's the other side of it you know like, that, that Indian thing with Smithy was a classic it's not that the Indians didn't want to go just couldn't afford to go mm, mm. you know where FIFA got it right in the football they make it a global game they want everyone there so 10, 20, 30 bucks every stadium's you know got as many people that can go or that want to go are there you, know, you can't fill them up if people don't want to go. But if you keep the price low, people will go. He's just dropped out. No, no, he's he's so he stopped talking, but his radio was playing back. What was what he was saying? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah so he's repeated it twice. Yeah. All right, uh, Stephanator from David at Blackpool. David from Blackpool. What a champion Blake he is. One of your biggest fans, but has gone next level. Grocery day on Friday. Came home with three bags of crisps, two cans of reduced cream, two packets of onion soup. Many, many decades since I had dip. Good on you, David. How good was it though? Oh, the hardest bit about the onion dip and chips, Joey Bell, is you make the onion dip, and you have to put it in the fridge for about twenty minutes to let it get cold and set, and for the stuff to sort of dissolve. Good stuff, David and Blackball. I love that. I love that. Where where do you sit on like store bought dip though? Like onion dip. There's a no. There's a there's a pickle and dill one or a gherkin and something one. Sure. That's okay. A meadow. It's okay. But you would never buy kiwi dip from store. You would make your own. Make my own. Yeah. But I tell you what, I'm going to try the Anathoth farmland pickle with cream cheese because that sounds amazing. Mm. That does sound amazing. I quite like hummus with chips too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the ones in the store are pretty good. You're just lazy. You like pre-made everything. Well, a little bit. Yeah, sure. But I actually, my, my girlfriend saw that I have nine fast food apps on my phone. But anyways, going back to the <laughs> kitchen. Really? I, I do. It's right. I've got three McDonald's. Um, I've got, no, sorry, three Domino's, two McDonald's, a KFC, a Burger King, a Wendy's, uh, what else? Hell's. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, I've got everything. Oh, Joey. I'm going to take a break because we're going to revisit something, aren't we? My childhood? No. Oh, okay. Show me the money. Oh, perfect. Let's do that after this. Right. I've just been on the Anathoth website. Um, <laughs> this has created lots of text messages. No one's heard of it. Anathoth Farm. Farm-style pickle. Our farm-style pickle is... This is off the Anathoth website. Our farm-style pickle is made with locally grown cauliflower, capsicum, onion, and zucchini. 
Blender with cream cheese for a tasty dip with chips or with yoghurt for wedges, crackers and bread. So Dean from Dunedin, even Anathoth are onto it. And it's stocked at all supermarkets. It's about six bucks. Cauliflower pickle, zucchini pickle, garden chow chow. But this is the farm style pickle. I might see if I can get someone on in the next, before the show finishes. They might have some other tricks and traps for us. We'll have the announcement of the first semi-final winner in our barbecue bonanza and the next two protagonists as well. That's coming up after one. I'm going to give you a quick NFL score update. So uh, for people that are recording it and want to watch it later, just turn off for about 10 seconds from now. Buffalo Bills are playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have only lost one game. I think they're 9-1. And the Bills, after a fast start to their season, they're 6-5. They are leading Philadelphia 24-21. 13 minutes to go in the final quarter. It's time for the result of the first semi-final of the Big Barbecue Banquet Bonanza. Play the music, Joey. Right, the first semi-final, Joey. Saw the number one seed sausages, tournament favourite sausages, number one seed, take on the number three seed beer. Can you tell me who won by how many votes on Instagram? Because you're controlling that. I can, Safi. It's been very close the whole time, back and forth, back and forth. But with four-vote lead, Bear was victorious on Instagram by four votes. So you're telling me that the text machine needs to win, sausages need to win by five or more for sausages to go through. That's right. That's what I'm telling you, Safi. Uh, Okay, I hate to break it to you, Joey. Bear won comfortably on the text machine as well. That is incredible. The number eight seed has toppled the number one seed. Sausages, who I thought were going to win it all, were going to have a new champion. That makes you emotional. It really does. I, I genuinely didn't think that Bear had a hope. Um, but to everyone there who loves Bear, good on you. God bless New Zealand. And, and the theme has been you can't, you, can, you can't have a barbecue without beer, but you can have a barbecue without sausages. And that's such a good point, because I was thinking this, right? If you turn up to a barbecue, right, and someone doesn't have a beer, you're like, oh, I'm going to go get some beer. If you turn up to a barbecue and they don't have sausages, you say, well, chuck the meat patties on, you know? All right, which yeah. is a lead. So there we go. The number eight seed is through. Goodbye, sausages. And I just feel like you've tarnished everyone with sausages with your pre-cooked Sermons. Anyway, Bears, our first finalist. The next semi final, Joey, is. Next semi final is number two seed steak. Number two seed steak. And many people thought it was a favourite to win. Many people said maybe it should be number one. Against number eight seed meat patty. Oh, that's right. Bear was the three seed. Sorry. Bear was the three seed. Yeah. Meat patties are eight. Can an underdog win again? Text through double eight, double three. Meat patties or steak? Interesting times, interesting times. Second semi-final, that'll be resulted in an hour, and then we'll have the final hour of the show. We will have our grand final. Right now, it is time. Big, big boxing fight night, December 2nd, 
in Whangarei. I think it's sold out, but it's on pay-per-view. I caught up with two world champions earlier this morning. I'm going to play you those chats. First up is world title holder Miyamoto. After I've chatted to her, you'll, we'll take a break, and then we'll hear from Lani Daniels. First up, uh, I spoke with Miyamoto. S-E-N-Z. Okay. Boxing time now, people, and um, our favourite women's boxer is Mia Motu, 17 and 0. She's got a big, big fight December 2. That is this week, folks, and she joins us now. Mia, welcome in. you got a busy week ahead of you. Yes, a very busy week, and I can't wait. You Finally. Love... Yeah, I know. I, I chatted to Isaac Peach uh, last week, and he said, in the nicest possible way, you're really impatient. Yes, I am. I'm really impatient. I I just want to hurry up and get to the ring. Your opponent, Chan, uh, Chandri Nera, I think, or Mira is her name, Indian woman, she's got a, a well, same number of wins as you, both had 17 fights. She's only 22. Um, have you done much study of her? Nah, I never study my opponents. I always leave it. I leave it for my coaches. I've got the easy job, focus on myself. That's easy, yeah. Just keep it keep it simple. Yeah. She's um, yeah. she'd become the first Indian woman women's world champion. You know how big that country is, and you know how much support. It's massive. She, it's massive, eh? It's so massive. Yeah. Have, have you met her yet? Is she in town yet? Yes, I've met her. She's really lovely. She's really nice. She's like same as me. She just wants to get to the ring and fight. That's what she likes doing. We let our fists do the talk, not our waha. <laughs> I like that, and she she's actually stopped her last two opponents. So you have to respect her power, I guess. Oh, hundred percent, definitely have to respect her power. I always respect my opponents, no matter what. I'm going in there to win without fail. So because I'm determined and I know my ability and I believe in myself and back myself. So yeah, definitely going to get that one. What what's changed this camp to previous camps, Mia? This camp, I've definitely been a lot more patient and just working on my one percenters. And I'd have to say my little coach Zen has sacrificed a lot of time every morning and night just working alongside me and not missing one training with me. He's been right by my side and he's, he's like my minder. I do the punching, he does the thinking. <laughs> Tell the people that don't know about this little coach of yours. I think they'll be quite surprised if they didn't know about him. So Zen Peach is Isaac Peach's son, and he's only nine years old. He's been doing boxing since he was born, and he's just sat there and watched us every day and night. But with me, he's, he's got a lot more involved, so he... He helps manage me and he coaches me. He has, oh, he's a man at the pad. Like, he literally does better than his dad and mum put together. He's, he's that, he knows his boxing so well. He can mimic every fighter in our gym. So he's got true ability and true strength. He's like an old soul. It's quite incredible to hear you say that about a nine-year-old and I can almost hear the listeners go you've got to be joking a nine-year-old has got scientific boxing knowledge but I guess as you say he's probably uh, str- years and years ahead of um, normal people uh, in boxing though he must be so passionate about it oh yeah he loves boxing he's just like a he's just like his dad he 
he'll watch it, study it every night, every day. He doesn't even want to go to school because he just wants to learn boxing. That's his passion. That's his love. He loves boxing. Wow. And apart from you, who would be his favourite boxer? Oh, probably have to be Jerome Pantalone <laughs> after that. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Thought, yeah. Thought you might. But does he study historical boxing and stuff on YouTube? Yeah, he does everything. Anything to do with boxing, he studies. He knows every single belt. He just, and he knows all, like, he'll name all the fighters. It's amazing. Wow. Well, so if he sees a weakness in you, he'll tell you. Yeah, definitely. He always, he, he's worked, this camp, he's definitely worked on all my weaknesses and just refined it and sharpened it. That's so cool. Did it take long for you to trust that relationship? To I, I guess when it very first started, you thought, oh, yeah, I'll give the young fella a go. When did it sort of tweak, actually, he's a lot of help? Uh, it definitely started before he even started training me because, he would always say to me, like, you are going to be the world champion. Like, he believed in me from day one, and he always supported me, and he was always so kind and caring to me and always would, like, make sure, yeah, you're right, you need any help. And he would just sit there, wait for me to finish training, and he would just guide me and be like, just to check on me. And so that was so encouraging for me. And then, like, he started, like, we started doing some training together, and then, like, he started talking to me like, oh, you, you've got a shit right hand. And then I was like, well, how come no one told me this? <laughs> and then like, because, you know, and I, I I trusted his what he said. And so I was like, okay, well, are you going to teach me? And then he was like, okay. So he like drilled it and drilled it. And I'm like, wow. Like, who would have thought I, a nine-year-old would teach me how to fight a proper right hand? That's so cool. Can I, can I just change tack a little bit from – world champion boxer to proud mum, Davey Mortu. Oh, my gosh, yes. Can, can we talk about your 16-year-old son, Davey Mortu? He's the Junior Māori Sportsman of the Year. And I'm going to just give everyone like five seconds to think about what sport world, heavy, uh, world champion boxer's son is playing. And it's the opposite of boxing. And I love that. It's lawn bowls. Yep, it's definitely lawn bowls. That's his passion, and that's what he loves, and he's really good at it. How does it make you feel to see your son, 16 years old, get recognition like this? Oh, it's amazing. I'm just, I'm truly proud of how well my son has done, but also just the way he's held himself. He's such a well-respected and kind, caring boy, but he's so patient. He really enjoys what he loves, and I see the passion that he has for lawn bowls. And that's all thanks to my Auntie Aggie. Like, she got him into it, and I thought, what the heck? This is for only old people. <laughs> Next minute, I'm seeing my son play, and I'm just like, well, my son's really good. And I didn't realize how good he was. And I'm only just, like, learning this this year. Like, wow, he's actually very talented. And he's like, mum, I'm going all the way. It's so and it's just, cool. I'm just so proud, like... It makes me emotional because I'm just I'm full of joy and happiness because this is this is what my son enjoys. Tell me about Auntie Aggie and what she saw in Davy and how how this relationship started uh, with the bowling. So my Auntie Aggie, that's my dad's sister. She's she's been she's been doing bowls most of her life and she 
she's really good at it, but not as good. She saw talent in David, and she would just tell him, like, come on, have a go. She'll take him along because he would always, he loves his auntie. She's like his other mother. Mm. And she just would take him, tag him along and drag him in there and say, come on, get, have a go, have a bowl. And he he was just really good. And then my auntie was like, you know, your son's really good. And I was like, I never really paid attention. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, yeah, if he wants to do it, he'll do it. And my auntie just kept pushing him and she kept, She'd took him to all his games, like travelled up and down the North Island, and she paid for all his, like for him to play, and she just supported him and believed him, and it's truly paid off for the last five years. Imagine in time we might have two world champion motus. I know. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I said that to my son, and he even believes it too, because he just got back from Scotland two weeks ago, and he just lost to the four-time world champ. Oh. Oh, wow. So he is knocking yeah. on the door already, and he's only 16. Yeah, and he's only 16. Oh, Mia, I can hear the proud mum in you. And finally, I know, you, <laughs> I know you're a proud Northlander too. This must mean a lot this weekend. Oh, yes. Oh, man. I'm just, this is, this is very, this is very special to me. And it's like, but I'm just so excited to have my family there. And then also after the fight, I'm going back home and my family's taking me home, going back to my marae and we're doing a pōwhiri and a parade. So oh. it's just something so special. And then what makes it even better, all five of my kids are coming to my fight. I've never had all five of them there. I got goosebumps, Mia, with that little story. I got goosebumps. <laughs> like you, It's going to be – there's probably going to be some – emotional pride that you're going to have to park in your walk-in, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I can already feel just the love and the tears of just proud just to go back home and just enjoy the moment and just have all the family and whanau supporting and just our friends and all the supporters just being there witnessing it because, yeah, this is going to be the most memorable moment for me and what makes it even more special is that all five of my kids are going to be there, which means the world to me because my my two youngest have never been and this is going to be their first time ever. So it just makes it, it really makes it like a family thing and my kids will get to witness me live. Oh, just so amazing. IBO, super bantamweight, world champion, 17-0. and 0. I hope next time we talk, in fact, no. I know next time we talk, it's 18 and 0, Miyamoto. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> right, our second fighter of this half hour with this massive fight night. We had Jerome Pampalone last week. We've had Miyamoto just before. Now it's uh, Lani Daniels, already the IBF heavyweight champion of the world, going for the IBF light heavyweight championship of the world this weekend. Lani, big old week for you. Yes, yes, I'm. So excited! I'm just like so glad the, the hard part's been done, um, and I've just been looking forward to this week because I knew it was just all downhill from here. And the sense <laughs> I can just rest, refuel to go again, yeah. and um, uh, unleash on Saturday. I was just actually talking to Mia, and she was saying that she's really impatient. She just wants to keep fighting and fighting. Are you a bit the same? Oh, uh, like in terms of like fight after fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for me too, I get a bit too distracted 
So, um, and then I'll get out of shape here by um, <laughs> heavyweight, light heavyweight. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'd like to keep busy because it keeps me on track. It'd be pretty massive to, to have a belt and two weight divisions. Just, just for the listeners, how much weight difference is there between heavy and light heavy? Uh, not much. It's only literally just anything above 79.25 is heavy. Anything below is light. And I'm blessed to be sitting on the cuff so I could go up or down depending on what I eat the day before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, so it's, yeah. uh, it's broccoli and water this week, is it? No, um, yeah, no, not really. I'm, I'm, I train so hard. I've just kind of cut out the bread. Um, so last camp, I was just loading up on the bread. I eh? love bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real meal without bread, but, um, it definitely um, holds the weight because I've just cut back on the bread this camp and that's pretty much all I've done. Um, and I'm like waking up the weight, which is real good. You've already... Yeah, we're fighting at a catch weight. We're fighting at a catch weight within um, the light heavy weight. Within, oh. within the light heavy weight. So we've agreed to meet and fight at 77 kgs, oh, which okay. is a bit lighter than the um, category itself. So this is your fourth fight this year. Is this the busiest you've been? Um, I I I I keep quite busy in the amateurs. Um, as a professional, definitely. Um, normally I'd fight and then say I'd get a fight, but they'll tend to always pour through, or the show won't go ahead. Um, so I've been really, really blessed to just have back to back fights, and I like it that way. I really do like it that way. It keeps me on track. It keeps me focused. Um, and saying that, though, I'm really looking forward to a couple of weeks off after the fight just to spend time and refill my cup hanging out with the whanau. Mm. You you took two years off boxing. A lot of people took two years off everything in life during the COVID period. Looking back at, yeah, that, yeah. Looking back at that now, did that fuel your hunger now that you're back and being very active? Um, no. See, the plan for me was never to be a world champion. I thought that kind of ship had sailed. Um, for me, I was just getting back into it because in the past, boxing's always been a really good weight management <laughs> um, tool for me. And for me, it was literally just I wanted to get healthy. So I last fought at 72 kgs. Um, and within that two years, I grew up to triple digits. So, and, and, and with getting so big, um, it started to impact on my self-esteem, my confidence. So I was isolating myself and I was just felt miserable and I wanted to feel better and I knew I would feel better if I just got up and moved <laughs> and boxing helped me do that when I got signed up for someone to come and take my head off while I was thinking oh heck I better move <laughs> it was the motivation I need so I just touched base with John and he set it all up and you know the first few fights was literally about my house it wasn't about fighting for the world title that just come as part of the work we did now, not only are you um, a world champion, you're also a qualified nurse and you own a gym. How do you fit it all in? Um, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just do it. Um, and I'm blessed I come from a big whanau. So my mum and my sister are nurses, so they're holding support in that area and, and giving back to um, society 
by using their nursing skills. Um, and also the gyms at our house and it's open to our community, so people just go up and use it as they will. My sister's still training and, and using it too, so um, I think it's, it's, it's not just me, it's, it's, it's far no effort. Des- I wouldn't be able to use it by myself, to be honest. Yeah, Desley Robinson. She's five and one. I, I understand she's she's like a, got a hard labour job. Um, she's a fitness instructor. She's probably going to be one of the fittest fighters you've ever faced. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say she's pretty up there. Um, but I guess we're at that point in my in my career where I I need the challenge. And for me, I believe that the better my opponent is, you know, I'll just step up more as well um yeah and I, I need it i need someone to really just push me um and i think yeah we've got that in Desley, which is cool yeah i was going to ask you about that like you'd have in the back of your mind who who you're training for when you're in camp and have you found that she's going to be such a serious opponent it's given you a bit of an edge in this camp um yeah yeah well it's it, it, with each of my opponents, I, I always look for the best, every one of them, um, because then it makes me not get complacent. It makes me push and think, oh, Desley will be doing this. Oh, Desley will be passing me at this. So I'll just keep pushing and pushing to try and keep up with her, really. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, you're, you're from the the huge city of PPY. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm just wondering... Like you own the world title belt, what does it mean to you? But more importantly, your wider Fano, your Iwi, um, owning that belt. What what does it say to them and you more than just being the world champion? I just think that dream big and then do the work and anything is possible. And I think it's just leading by example. I suppose. Um, and and for our kids to see me doing it, it gives them, you know, hope and belief that they're able to do it. And I guess it's something that I, I can't personally even put into words how much it means to my whanau because I've I've just it's a feeling and it feels good. <laughs> yeah. Now you said you're from a big whanau. How big is your family? Your direct family? Um, so I'm one of nine children um but then i'm from pupuai which everybody is family mm. <laughs> so like yeah I've got heaps 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 of fun i got a huge one though um and we're all quite close as well and then my siblings all have kids as well so it's just like yeah just one big family man um, december 2nd pupuai is going to be empty yeah, so if, you, if anyone wants a place to go, Rapopko, look out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all at the fight. Now's your opportunity, Fando. They rarely leave home, but if you're, running, if you're looking for anything out there, go. go um, I think it will be the time to do it. <laughs> and, I, and I think people maybe don't realise how big a fight night this is when we've got you and Mia with world titles. We've got, I think, a real prospect for another world champion and Jerome Pamplone. Jerome, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, it just must be such an amazing feeling to be part of this fight in your home province. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome and it's really, really cool to, to also have Trish Bucker on the card from Kaikohe, um and just 
having her on board with the um, choice mahi that she's doing up there in Kaikohe, um with the gym up there, and also, like, you know, she's she's not just doing boxing. They've just won the um, FP Karapama Cup Championship. So um, I think it's real cool that she's got the last-minute dial-up to get on board and jump on the card, and it's been cool. I've been um, getting some sparring in with her the last few weeks. Um, to help prepare her. So, yeah, I think it's such a stacked card um, and it's going to be a really, really good night. Really good night. Are you ready for the noise and you walk in and if they raise your hand, are you ready for, God, Northland's going to go off? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Hey? I'm just so excited. I just, I know it's going to, by the end of the night, I'm just going to be so tired and excited to go home and lay my head on my pillow and be like, oh. Yes, I've done it. <laughs> We're done. We can rest. <laughs> oh, Lani, stay off the bread this week and then just go. And... Yeah, stay off the bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll save it for Sunday, Sunday yeah. lunch. Hit the hot bread <laughs> shop on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Lani, thanks heaps for chatting to us today. It's a, it's a big week for boxing in New Zealand, particularly up in your province. It's, it's going to be a magnificent night. Go well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. S-E-N-Z. Oh, good to catch up with Mira and Lani. Aren't they just champions? Well, they are champions, but champion people. Um, very best of luck to them. I'm going to try and get the promoter of the whole event, Dean Lonigan, on the show tomorrow, and we'll go through each of the fight cards. And he's obviously been up up there and just gauged the, the feeling amongst um, people up there with the Northland's finest uh, Two heavyweight title fights. Excellent. Uh, got some text messages, but we've got important pressing sports updates. Headlines. I know you want them. I know you want them. I know you want them, but you're a good boy. Time for Joe's Headline. Wyfern's captain Sophie Devine has been named in the Women's Big Bash League Tournament team after another scintillating season in Australia's T20 Domestic League. Devine will lead her side in the Challenger final on the 29th of November. New Zealand's Alice Robinson has bagged the sixth World Cup podium of her alpine skiing career. Claiming a giant slalom silver medal in Vermont, which is very nice. And uh, Kiwi Kiwi rookie Matthew Payne. He won uh, his first ever race in supercars at the Adelaide 500 over the weekend. Uh, and Shane Van Gisbergen, though, he crashed out, I think, on the Saturday, which ended his title hopes. Mm. Very sad. Yeah, I watched that crash, actually. He got absolute, uh, Will Brown uh, went into the, was shunted into the wall, bounced off the wall, and Van Gisbergen was passing someone, just went straight up. Straight up the rear end of his car, <clears throat> end of it, end of penny section. Have you been in a V8 car before? Like, a, mm. I'm sure you have. Yeah, mm. many times. Oh, I had one. You had one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, we were talking about it last week. My Volvo V8 oh, Turbo. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Sure. But like, one of the like the ones that race around. Oh, a supercar. No, supercar. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. get in one. Oh, yeah. You I wouldn't. Oh, get really? In. No. Why not? I can't handle G forces, Joey. Yeah, right. I'd probably pass out with the speed and the G forces. I can't handle them. I don't go on rides at Rainbows Inn, rides at AMP shows. I just, I was he, forced to once and I passed out. Are you the a thrill seeker though? Like, have you done bungee jumping? No, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do parachuting? No. Bit? Yeah, no, okay. Someone um, said to me if I had to do either bungee jumping or skydiving, which yeah. one would I do? 
I'd probably do a tandem skydive. Oh. Because I just trust the other person wouldn't want to plunge to their death either. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, sure. Whereas bungee, it's just me. And I, I actually got harnessed up with the bungee cord. I was with a mate of mine who's lived in Australia for a long time. We did a two-week South Island road trip, and we are in Queenstown. And we went to do the bungee. I said, I won't do it. And he goes, no, no, I'll shout, I'll shout. And he paid for both of us. And he said, you go first. And so they harnessed me up, and they go, three, two, and I went, nah. And oh they said, my Come on. word. And they talked to me for about five minutes and I just said, nah, took it all off. And they said, there's no refunds. And I said, I don't care. You've gone all the way up to actually putting it on and standing off, uh, like like looking down off the edge and yeah. you didn't jump. No. What's the yo? Yeah. I just, bit. I wish I was braver in that respect, but heights, mm. uh, no, can't do it. I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter. But I'm the same. Like, I don't like heights, but I feel like I need to do a bungee jump in my lifetime. Otherwise, I won't be able to look at myself in the mirror. Well, well, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, Steph, you're, you're, don't bungee jump. Yeah, well, you're a beautiful man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, that's the sports headlines. Oh, sorry. Yes, it was sport headlines. Yeah, there you go. Uh, with Joe Bell. That's the stuff you needed. We shall take a break. Got some good text messages. I tell you what. Sometimes you accidentally fall on a subject, and today it was dips, and we've got some more recipes, and I'm going to have to start up my own little uh, uh, recipe book, uh, SENZ Afternoons Dips. There's some beauts, particularly from Face and Wairarapa. Can't wait to share you his one. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll do those. Uh, we do What's Making News. We've still got lots to come. And we also have David Dome after 2 o'clock on the rise and rise of the Phoenix. Brilliant. Back shortly. Uh, some text messages uh, from Dave. What a fantastic interview, Staffy. I'd be the first to admit I don't follow women's boxing, but that girl is great. What an inspiration. Dave from Nelson, another great interview with Mia. You lead these people down a great, interesting discussion. Thank you, Brilliant. That's what I try and do. That's what I do try and do. Um, uh, Staff, easily, patties shouldn't be on a barbecue. Save them for your takeaway options. From Ken. <laughs> uh, meat patties. I'm not great at getting steak right. That's from Carl, so I vote for meat patties over steak. But Carl, you don't have to cook them. That, that's the key. I'm, I will admit too, uh, uh, not admit, I'll let you know that already 43 minutes in, we've had twice as many votes on the second semi-final as we had in the first semi-final. Steak versus meat patties. I think it's maybe all the sausage people were just shocked that they forgot to vote, so they're into this one. Joey, Air fryer or George Foreman grill, by all means, I implore you not to deep fry anything. Our emergency services are already stretched. They don't need to be recovering bodies from a burning street. <laughs> That's a very good point, actually. Very good point, yeah. Uh, Beard, Jeff from Hamilton. I've never felt like a sausage straight after a game or exercise, but I do feel like a beer. Oh, that's an older one. Sorry, yeah, but fair enough. Afternoon, Staffy. It has to be steak. Again, only if someone can cook it properly. It is a barbecue after all. Liam from Palmerston North. G'day, Liam. Staff. Right. Here's, here's, here's the dip recipe from Face. Staff. Now, I have to follow along here. Get a small shallow bowl. Pour a quarter of a cup of sweet chilli sauce into it. Chop and dice small... Chop and dice small a large tomato and quarter of a cucumber and put it on top of the chilli sauce, which is in the bottom of the bowl. Mash a large avocado and mix it with a tub of sour cream, salt and pepper, and then cover and cover the tomato and cucumber. Put it so you put it all so you're like layering it. 
and then you put a plate upside down, invert it carefully, it looks as good as it tastes. That sounds amazing. Sounds nice. That sounds amazing. Beer and steak should be the dream final. There's no loser there. It's National Crate Day on Saturday, and that's all that will be getting cooked at my place. Drinking big bots with the lads watching the steak cook. What a day it will be, counting down the sleeps. Do you do Crate Day, Joey? Um, not really. I, oh, actually, yeah. No, I do it. We have a barbecue to start the summer on like the first weekend of summer. Mm. It's really nice. First day of summer coming up. How awesome is that? Oh, guaranteed fine weather. Yeah. Uh, from Ken, staff, deep fry, air fryer, frying pan, no way with lamb, either barbecue or the oven. Actually, Ken's a lamb connoisseur. Um, Oh, Charlie, I'm going to have a look at that. He's just sent me a, a video of something. And Staffy, I've got an issue with my Samsung TV. When I go to TVNZ Plus, now it says your Samsung TV is no longer compatible with TVNZ Plus. Everything else is okay. It's probably eight years old. Will Cricket be on any other channels, please? Marshy, I've, I remember reading that some time ago that the TVNZ Plus software changed or something changed and it was only Samsungs that were inconvenienced. Eight-year-old TV might be time to upgrade, Marshy, but I don't know. We, in fact, someone sent through, if you want to watch the cricket, Rabbit, Rabbit Hole BD Sports on YouTube. So look up Rabbit Hole BD Sports on YouTube. Apparently they're live streaming it. But let's find out what's making news. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Well, I don't know, but Joey does. Oh, Staffy, so much happened over the weekend. And there was one um, interesting article I read about pigs. In fact, this is the most interesting thing I've ever said on this show. Wow, because you've said some interesting slash controversial things. Sure. Uh, experts in the US fear a rising number of super pigs are proving tough to eradicate and could invade northern states. Now you think, well, that's not that... Oh, so you're talking wild pigs here. Sure, wild pigs, yeah, wild pigs. These things are incredible. They're smart and furry, giving them the the edge to survive Canadian winters, and they reproduce extremely quickly. Um, This professor has said that... um, has called them the most invasive animal on the planet. Wow. With the swine capable of spreading disease and devastating crops and wildlife. One sow can have six piglets in the litter and raise two litters in a year, which means that even if authorities manage to eliminate 65% of the population each year, they'd still grow. And apparently hunting's not helping. Hunting um, only has a success rate of 2 to 3%. Wow. They're basically in- impossible to kill. Um, the va- several states have actually banned hunting because it makes the pigs more wary and nocturnal, which makes them tougher to track down. <sighs> Instead, methods under consideration are ground traps like the so-called boar buster or uh, <laughs> net guns fired from helicopters. Wow, it must be really bad. Get this, pigs already cost $2.5 billion annually in damage to crops in the U.S., Wow. I didn't know wild pigs were such a big issue. And no one did until this news bulletin. Well, I, I know it doesn't sound interesting, but like, how could a wild pig be so tough to kill? 
You're telling me hunters only are able to kill two to three percent. Like, oh, I think that's more to do with the numbers of pigs versus number of hunters. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. Think Maybe so. they've no. developed very thick hides and, no. and methods of killage aren't working anymore. Well, that's because they're saying success rates. The success rate. So if you go out to hunt a pig, ah. your chance of killing them is only two to three percent. Wow. Isn't that sensational? Animal of the future. I think so. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Now, I hate roadworks. In fact, I was driving around Auckland the other day with, um, sorry, I should stop mentioning it, but my Irish girlfriend and Irish friends, and the Irish people were saying, why are there so many roadworks? Like, why are there cones? Auckland loves cones. New Zealand loves cones. Mm. In fact, around where we work, around Key Street, uh, Staffy, there's some cones and some roadwork signs. They've been up for about two years. I've never seen, never once have I seen anyone actually working that, that seen no road people work in that area. Mm. I never know why they start a roading project when another one down the road hasn't finished. Exactly. So true. Like, yes. Yes, Staffy. Yeah, anyways, we won't get into it. But a town <laughs> called Little Hartley in NSW over in Australia, well... See, what's happened is that uh, the Australian government decided to build a road that cost $232 million Australian dollars. That's $252 million New Zealand dollars. And it was supposed to be part of a wider project. So this road was going through this little town. It's only 2.4 kilometres long. And then it was supposed to reach the hill. And they're supposed to build a tunnel through the hill. But the whole project was going to cost $2 billion. So they decided, no, nah, we're not going to do it. So all they've done is they've built this road for $232 million that goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. It's a no exit. It's a no exit. And then he goes into a hell. It's very New Zealand. It's also, Yeah, but yeah, I know. You think the Aussies would be better than that? I think there's the same Waikato people. Isn't there that there's part of the whole new bypass motorway structure? All of that stuff uh, is fantastic. But there's a stretch of road that does the same thing. And apparently they're having issues with stormwater or something. I read about it in the weekend while I was in the Waikato Bay of Plenty region. Same thing, dead-end roads. I did not know that was a thing. Mm. I thought all roads, loads, sorry, all roads led to something. Not that one. Leads to a tunnel that's not there, Joey. Yeah, I guess I'm an optimist. And um, finally, this is not really a news story, but it kind of creeped me out. So um, Peter, you know, like the organisation mm. uh, yeah, that protects animals and stuff, um, <laughs> on Thanksgiving, they said Happy Thanksgiving, and they sent a photo, this cartoon photo, it's not an actual photo, of like turkeys sitting around a dinner table, and they had a headless person that was oh. cooks. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Is that too far? I know the point they're making, though. But that's actually my greatest fear, is like um, Planet of the Apes sort of situation. Like, I can't watch that movie. It terrifies me. Does it? Gives me chills. Like uh, animals being like humans and like trying to eat us and stuff. Like that's the scariest thing I could ever think of. Animals but, taking over the world and we become them and they become. And they us. try to eat. Like imagine being eaten by a turkey. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> finishing off. <laughs> back to the day. A shark is the only known fish that can blink with both eyes. Now, a shark's fish. Yes. Okay. Well. That's your fact of the day, then. <laughs> Sharks are fish. Well, they're not mammals. And they're they not? not? Uh, no. Oh, whales mammals. Dolphins and... Dolphins. Whales, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I've, what? How are dolphins and whales mammals, but sharks aren't? Aren't they made of the same thing? Mm, they, oh, <laughs> you need a biologist. Like, I feel... They look very similar, don't they? 
What's the difference? Like just teeth and size and stuff? Isn't it how you produce your young? How do they produce their young? Like I'm, eggs? I don't know. How Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I'm right. completely confused oh, we'll now. We'll just leave it there, yeah. Fish experts, come at us, please. Um, steak, uh, steak. Patties, as they are better cold when you have stayed later and you get the second round of hunger and were too busy drinking when the food was served hot. Michael Fashburton, you raise a very good point. Americans don't know how to hunt, Staffy, that's why. Jimmy, yes, we're the proper hunters. Today's learnings, female pig is called a sow and not a sow because you called it a sow, Joey. Oh, wait, so it's called a sow? Yeah. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> yeah. Craig's got the learnings. Super pigs, that's a lot of potential pre-cooked sausages, Joey. That's coming. Yes, Joey, I do love cones. That's come from someone else. Uh, And talking about roadworks, a few years ago, some young fellas hoarded a few road cones and signs and one night set up their own roadworks. Took the council months to work out there wasn't actually roadworks there. (laughs) I can just see some scarfies. Sharks are fish. Yep, John says sharks are fish. And whales and dolphins are mad. So the question from Joey is, what's the difference between sharks and dolphins? Why? Why, Why is one a mammal and why is one a fish? We will find out. We will find out. Uh, We'll take our last break before the news. Righto, Joey, you ready for this? First one says, uh, text, be more afraid of the wild pigs, Joey. They're the only animal who will eat you alive. Watch Snatch. There you go. Now you're scared. Staff, get your Christmas hands from a butcher, not the supermarket. Cheers from Ken. Yes, noted. Sharks have girls and dolphins hold their breath. Hey, Joey, are you not a Kiwi bro from Hemi? I'm a Kiwi. What I do? (laughs) Not knowing about sharks. Oh. Um, Any updates on that brisket? Jace, no, I haven't heard from um, Beagle. Uh, Crikey, Joey. Did you go to school? Dolphins and whales have to surface to breathe air. Sharks don't. Manky whales are the best tasting, in case you were wondering. I had quite a bit of it when I lived in Japan. Dolphins breathe. Sharks have have gills and get their oxygen from the water. That's why they're fish. Joey's nodding. That is appropriate music for the video I just watched, actually, that Charlie sent me through <clears throat> with a link to Instagram, which is the world's longest free fall without a parachute. <clears throat> and he said it makes Bungie look like a boxer. 7,500 metres, no parachute. And he landed in this massive net. And as he's falling, he's lining it up. It was like the size of a postage stamp, and he nailed it. It didn't land right in the middle, but... Sort of slightly towards us. So that was scary. Why did he do that? <laughs> to break a world record. Oh. Uh, Rory said, if anyone can think of any p- fish puns, can you let me know? Oh, that's good. You that's like that good. one, Joe? I, I couldn't understand it until you said it, so I was reading it as well. Mm. Makes sense, though. 
Uh, it's grand final time. Well, it's not the final people were predicting. In the first hour, we saw Beer, the number three seed, upset the pre-tournament favourite sausages. Beer locked themselves in. So in the last hour, we're going to find out if Beer can meet the second semi-final winner. Joey, I don't even have to ask you what the Instagram vote said because it was so one-sided. Goodbye, Meat Patties. Hello, Steak. Not a surprise, Daffy. Not a surprise. Good on you, Meat Patties. Eight seed, making it to the semi-finals. Well, forced, but Steak was always going to win that one. So Steak the seeded number two. Its road to the final saw it demolish pre-cooked sausages. Early fight from lettuce salad, pulled away in the second half, did Steak. Steak took on Bread in its closest matchup so far in the whole tournament. Bread pushed it hard, but couldn't deny it, and then it went into the semi-finals and has beaten as I say, meet patties into the final. The Bears' road to the final was checkered. First up, it went, went up against Zade's Mac and Cheese. No competition. In fact, Mac and Cheese didn't even get one vote. Even Zade didn't vote. So Bear then went on to take on Power Fritters, which certainly had its supporters. But Bear absolutely trounced Power Fritters. Its closest matchup was the quarterfinal, when it went up against Fried Onions. Uh, but it beat that. And it was quite a comfortable semi-final win against all predictions against sausages. So beer and steak, you've got 52 minutes to get in. And remembering everyone that texts or calls about this whole big barbecue banquet bonanza, our bracket we've been running for just a week and a day, it comes down to beer versus steak. Double eight, double three is the number that uh, is the number that you text through beer or steak. Um, gosh. I really thought it was going to be steak and sausages to fight out the final. I really did. Um, Donald's now ringing. Sorry, Donald. Uh, currently, Joe's trying to call David Dome. He's got David Dome, I think, on the line. He has David Dome, CEO of the Phoenix. G'day, Dave. Hey, Steph. How are you going? I'm going probably nearly as good as you. It's been a great start <laughs> to the season, men's and women's. It's just tremendous for the Phoenix. Yeah, it started off really well this year. Men are unbeaten, top of the table. Women, uh, third place, but just looking really, really good. And each game, the women, <coughs> excuse me, the women play, they seem to get better. Uh, so really encouraged about how the season started off for both our teams. What are your keys to, to, to what's turned it around? I mean, we've talked to, talk, I've talked to Chloe not a couple of times. We've talked to a couple of the guys as well, trying to identify what's turned it around from this season. From, from your viewpoint, what have you seen? Well, there's a couple of things. We've, we've done a lot of work on our culture and values in the off-season. We've now been one year in at our uh, high-performance unit in DCIS in Trentham. Um, and, and also, the, the, we've, you know, on the men's side, we've brought a lot of players through from the academy who have come in and they've just done a great job, just slipped straight into A-League football without a blink. Look at you know, AP, Alex Paulson and goal. <laughs> you know, if he's not the form goalkeeper in the league, I don't know who is. Uh, Lucas Kelly healed a big left back. Um, Finn Sermon's now been given his chance at centre back. And on the women's side, we've had some of the shackles released so that we can report, recruit some really good international players. But at the same time, again, brought through some cracking players out of the academy and, and Macy Fraser, who, are, who are, again, 
you know, I think she's the best player in the ABW at the moment. Uh, and Manaya Elliott, players like this. So those teams have recruited very, very well. Um, and we've had a number of external factors like, you know, their, our high-performance unit and their cultural values, work, which, have, which we've done as a club. All this sort of combined, us, uh, you know, to... I think really spurred both teams along. Yeah, talking about Macy is just one of the examples. I think that that speaks volumes of the academy work and, and the level just underneath the top teams that these players can come in seamlessly now, particularly in the women's game, and really make an impact from game one. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've invested a lot of money into our academy, and, and but it's and it has done really, really well. You look at the players that have gone through the academy, like Sarbrief Singh and Joe Bell and uh, Ben Wayne, who's now in Plymouth. All these players came through the academy and, and have gone on to really good things, and we're seeing it now really start to produce in numbers. So we had four or five of the boys have come through there, and like I said, about three or four of the, of the women's team. The women's going to take a little bit longer to get up and running. It's not quite as much depth on the women's side as yet, mm-hmm. but that's one of the, the reasons behind the Women's Academy is to, is to bring through those players so that we are signing three or four girls out of the academy into the women's first team in the future. But if that academy is not the best academy in the A-League, then I don't know who is because that, that just the quality of the players and the, and the, and the, the, the sheer volume of them that are coming through is, is quite incredible. Yeah, we've had a number of texts and calls through today <clears throat> saying how much they're enjoying the Phoenix woman mm. and I've watched, mm. I think, their last three games the whole 90 minutes, which is the first time I've done it, and they just seem like such good people. But you talked about environment. Now, I'm very familiar with NZCIS and the environment down there. And, yeah, and, I've, and I've always wondered about sort of the um, unforecast benefits of having both teams together, training alongside yeah. rugby players, swimmers, yeah. weightlifters, that cross-pollination of ideas. Do you think that's got something to do with the, the culture and the environment in the team as well? It has to. It's, you're right. All of these are sort of like the intangibles that surround the club. But, you know, like you say, having that, that magnificent facility uh, in, in Trentham and all of the, you know, all the people that are there, the other codes, uh, like the rugby guys and, and, the, and the women as well, it all adds to a, a culture of high performance that we've, that we've built out there. And it has to be you know, a positive impact on, on both the men's and the women's team. And eventually, you know, over time, we'd like to take the, the academy there in due course if we can make that work. Um, but at the moment, it's just not, it's just, in terms of feasibility, in terms of space, it's not quite enough training grounds out there at the moment. Mm. But that's the next stage. But all of that stuff helps. And, you know, you can see how over time that's going to be a quality node for high-performance board in this country. And you can see it only after a year. We've only been there a year. We moved in uh, October last year. And the benefits, I think you can start to see, that they're coming to fruition now. Um, Auckland will be in the competition next year. I love it because it will bring uh, local derbies into it for New Zealand, something we've been wanting for the Warriors. We've always had it in rugby and cricket and that sort of thing. What what does the CEO of the Phoenix relish about bringing in an Auckland team? It, it has to be good for the for football in this country, right? Look, mm. Of course, some parts of it is going to make our lives more difficult, especially in the commercial space, given that most of our commercials are, are companies based out of Auckland. Um, and the fact that we, we've gone to Eden Park and, and go medium Mount Smart the last couple of years and done particularly well in terms of crowds. But it has to be good. Our, our ownership group, Wellnix, has been doing a lot of heavy lifting and player development over the last 10 years or so. We've invested a lot of money into the facilities and the resources to develop players. Now there's going to be somebody else helping us in that space. So it's, it's got to be good for football in this country. And if football gets bigger, it gets stronger, there's more people watching it, there's more... Um, 
corporates interested in supporting it, it has to be good for, for the Wellington Phoenix. So, yeah, it might be a couple of years of pain, <laughs> but, you know, ultimately what's good for the game has to be good for the Wellington Phoenix. And so we're pretty excited about it. We've already had a couple of chats with the new CEO, uh, how we're going to work together. You know, we're going to have to probably have a bit of a hand, a hand, you know, hand up and getting up and running. Um, we've done a lot of the groundwork over the years in terms of youth teams and how they integrate into the New Zealand football landscape. So that hard yak has been done already, but... No, it has to be good for football in this country. Is it hard for you? Last question, Domi. I know you're very busy. Is it? Is it? A, is it a like, sort of a, a challenge for you? You want the best for the Phoenix, but you also want the best for football in New Zealand. Is that, is that a little tug of war for you? Look, there's, a, there's a point of tension there, no doubt. But you know, putting on the, the New Zealand football how I mean, ultimately, part of the Phoenix. We've always known at the Phoenix, we're never going to be the end product for a lot of these players. That a lot of these players, New Zealand players, young players, are going to use us as a stepping stone to go into Europe and United States. And you know, we've seen a lot of them go through it. Like I listed a few of them before, like Sarpred and Joe Bell and Ben Wayne and 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 you know Tyler Boyd, who who you know now at LA Galaxy, but. Um, and place the United States national men's team. And all of these players came through us and went on to bigger and better things. And we get that. We get that we're just here. We're not. We're here to win the league and we're here to play well and perform well and, and make the fans happy. Um, but we're not going to hold on to these players forever. Mm. So we, we kind of get that. And and as part of that's part of what we're here for. We're here to to help um, and produce a good standard of football on the field and a great entertaining product, which I think, as you quite rightly put out, pointed out. Both the men and women are playing great football this year, um, but we're not going to be we're not going to be the end thing. So at the end of the day, if it's good for football in New Zealand, it'll be good for Wellington Phoenix. And uh, hope at some stage in the future, both the the Ferns and the and the All Whites get through to World Cups and, and go on to bigger and better things and get out of the group stages. And we want to be part of that success story. Mm. Brilliant, Tommy. Thanks heaps for your time. I know you're a busy man. Thanks, Dan. No problems. Here he is, David Dome, CEO of the Phoenix. What a season they are having. Right, a quick break and a little treat for you after this. We're going to catch up with normal producer Sammy Hewitt out of the USA while on holiday. Well, it's time to catch up with former and future producer of Afternoons with Staffy, Sammy Boy. Sammy Boy, I've seen you at Boston games. You must be living the dream. I am. I am absolutely living the dream, mate. Um, yeah, couple of caught a couple of bees games. Um, big win, big loss. Can't have it all. And uh, loving loving life in America, although a little bit nippy. And it's what five. It's, well, just coming up five thirty here. It was pitch black at about four p.m. <laughs> so uh, that's a bit depressing when you think about what you know the, the, the heat and the summer that you guys are getting back home. But it's only another week and a half, mate. And then I'm uh, I'm back there with you. Mate, don't, don't worry about it. I woke up in Mount Maunganui on Saturday morning, 8 degrees. So the summer hasn't quite arrived. Jeepers. Yeah. Okay. And plenty of rain as well. So don't worry about that. Um, we're waiting for you for the summer to come back. Tell us about the bees experience. Wow. I mean, you know, and, and a lot of the listeners know how big of a, of a Boston Bruins fan I am and how you know, that all started when I was in the States 12 years ago, which is crazy to think that it's been 12 years since I've been back here. But um, 12 years ago, I fell in love with the team, but never had gone to the garden, the TD garden, or the garden, as they say here, you got to put the H in there, garden. Um, and I'd never been to a bees game. So, you know, that was sort of bucket list thing for me was to, was to do that when I got over here. Like just everything, you know, I think your expectations are... are sort of realistic or reasonable because you hear a bit from mates that have gone to games and you sort of see it on TV. It wasn't like 
I had nothing, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I sort of expected it to be, to blow me away. Um, and it did, you know, like the, the venue, those venues are incredible. The sort of indoor stadium arenas, they're 20,000. I think, I think the garden's 18,000 seats, but I was shocked. We, we had tickets right up the back, you know, sort of what they might call the nosebleeds, but I, I felt literally like I was as close to the ice as I could be. It was, you know, the, the, it's basically vertical. The seating's vertical and you feel like you're right on top of the ice. And we, we would sort of end on, we weren't side on and, it was just amazing. You know, when you watch ice hockey on TV and the, the camera focuses on the puck or who's got the puck to be able to see the whole ice and, and how, you know, the plays develop and what they're doing and just how quick it is. It's just so insanely fast. And uh, the way the goalies have to react, it, it just, I was just sitting there for that, for that first game that I watched just in awe of, you know, how amazing it all was. And then, um, you, know, you throw in just the engagement of the crowd and, and how vocal they are and passionate they are and the sort of stuff that goes on in between periods and in between stoppages. It's, um, you know, they do it, they do it well, Steph, to no surprise, you know, this is what you expect from American sports. Um, but you sort of sit there saying, okay, New Zealand has a lot to learn here. Um, but, but stadium, you know, stadium venues, I think, Oh, sorry, in that sort of indoor arena venue, I think, is a big plus for them. It's, it's very different to that sort of outside vibe, you know, the rugby game where you are cold, you are at the sort of whims of the, of the conditions. You know, the, the in, in the arena, even when there's just chatter, it, it just sort of reverberates throughout the whole. So there's just this constant buzz, you know, even when nothing's happening because it's this, it's the sort of acoustics of an arena. It, it's If we could, you know, if we had a sport or we had sports that, you know, were conducive to that, I think Kiwis would love it. And the breakers are probably as close as you get and people rave about, you know, that experience. So, um, yeah, I, I loved every minute of it. And, uh, so much so that I went back again the other night and, uh, even though they got absolutely smoked, it was the, it was the full experience, including having a Boston, a full on Boston, you know, diehard behind me. It was a, it was a female. She wasn't even on the beers, but, you know, just you're sort of sitting there watching the game and out of nowhere, you know, it might be a, a lull and play and out of nowhere, right in, right in your ear, you just hear a, kill him, kill him, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right in your ear. And then the, the game went from, she, she sort of started her own saying in the first period where it went from, if you can't beat them, hit them. And by about the third period, when they were down three goals, it was essentially if you can't beat them, murder them. So that's that shows you the passion, the extent of the passion of the Boston fans. That yeah, I looked at your story actually on Instagram, and um, and I wasn't surprised because I witnessed that I went to a Chicago Blackhawks game quite a few years ago, and it seems like every single person in the crowd is wearing merch. Oh. You know what? What was crazy as well when when we were at the game on Friday, which was they call it the Madonnay game. It's the it's the day after Thanksgiving, and they're all one sort of one pm um, to post. This is, this is the other funny thing. Since getting here, I remember on the second day I got here, I, I checked my NHL app like I always do, try and keep up to date with the scores. I checked it at about midday, and there were no scores. And I was like, well, what, well, this isn't right. What's going on here? You know, I know these games on today. And I was trying to, I couldn't work out why it was you know twelve one pm. And there were no games like when I was back in New Zealand. Of course. 
all the games are at night, Steph, but when I'm in New Zealand, they're all in the middle of the day. So that's been a weird adjustment, a weird adjustment that everything's played at night during the week. You know, we just don't, we have everything at night on the weekends. They have, you know, every single night, there's football, there's college sports, there's NBA, there's NHL, there's always something. Um, and anyway, but this was this was a 1pm game on the Friday. Um, it was the Red Wings Bruins, so, you know, two original six teams. And we actually remarked in the, in the crowd, me and my mate, how just you could not see, you would think there'd be some smattering of, of Red Wings jerseys. You, you maybe saw three red jerseys and all the rest was, was Bruins gear. It was black, it was gold. You know, Pete, there was a guy that was dressed in a full yellow glitter suit. Um, there was a lady who had sort of obviously created her own costume, which was just a bunch of knitted sort of, it was almost like a quilt with, you know, different sort of tea towels all sort of sewn together and over her shoulder. So it, it's, it's all, and there's regulars, you know, the guys keep coming up on the big screen and I was told by my mates, oh, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a staple here, sort of an older guy with a big mustache and wears the big Bruins shirt. So, um, yeah, it, the, the, you're right. They, they do, they love it. They all get in behind. They all wear the merch. They all throw themselves into it. And a lot of signs as well, that are being held up sort of saying, oh, this is my first Bruins game. It, it, you know, it, Supposedly, I've been to the Garden you know, twice in the last week. I've been more times than most people in Boston have you know, in their entire life. So I think it's, it's one of those things where it's not, you know, it's maybe not like a rugby game in Auckland where you go to every game every week. Unless you're a season ticket holder, a Bruins, a Bruins game or a Celtics game is, is a big deal. You know, it's a, it's a one, maybe once a year thing that you do. You pay quite a bit of money. You, you get dressed up. You get the training or whatever. You go to the restaurants outside and then you go to the game after. So it's a, yeah, it, it becomes this real, you know, appointment event, even though in both of those sports cases, they play 82 games a season. How much are tickets? The Bruins ones are actually quite expensive. I, um, for the first game, I think they're about 250 mm. US. Mm. Which is you know that, that's possible. I thought they were about a hundred, but um, I think the Red Wings games, yeah, they're they're about a hundred to one hundred and twenty US a ticket, and um, you know they they don't they they sort of they don't sell out. And on the on the on the day, you'd think oh they'd lower the prices, but they just don't. They just basically leave them, and you know people do just snap them up. So you basically are getting a sellout every night. Um, but that's sort of my one thing, Steph, I would say to, to Kiwi sports fans, we spend a lot of time complaining about how much the tickets cost and how much the food and beer costs. Well, you know, these games here, and like I said, they're playing 82 games a season, 41 home games or whatever it is, they're still charging a, a fair bob for tickets. Then the beers, Steph, for, for a, granted they were the taller beers, they were like the, the you know, 550 mil cans, um, 20 bucks US oh, for a beer. Jesus. You know? And then, and then a, a slice of pizza, you get, a, get your, your regular slice of pizza, and that was, I think, $14 US, which is, you know, about 20 bucks New Zealand. So for all that complaining we do back home about ticket prices and food prices, it, you know, it ain't too, too much better here at, what, you know, in the, at the mecca of sport in America. So, yeah. I've got some financial news for you, Sammy. Show me. Sure. If, it's, if, if you're giving me money, that'd be fantastic because I'm starting to run out. No. Uh, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. Uh, last week. Oh, you're not going to tell me it won. Last week, we got a caller on and uh, he picked, you know how we give them that they can take one or they can add a little bit more salt and take two. He took two horses. Yep. He took two horses. Both, mm-hmm. to, both to place, they placed. I took Minwoo Lee to win the uh, Australian PGA Championship. He won by about four shots, three or four shots. And then Joey Bell 
Joey Bell decided to Joey. tip. Joey. To tip. Joey. He tipped against your Patriots. Well, that's not the worst. That's not the worst thing to do. Did they win though? Patriots lost. We was won. it the game they won? We won. Show me the money. We won. Show me the money. Oh, ring the bells. <laughs> ring the bells, Joey. Better boy. I don't even mind. The Patriots are so bad, Steph. It's, it's almost a running joke here in Massachusetts. But what was the what was the take? Uh, about nine hundred. About nine hundred. Um, <sighs> but but the well, pa- this, I mean the Patriots <sighs> missed a thirty-five yard field goal from in front to tie it up and send it into extra time, and he shanked it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah. That, he probably probably knew the, the bit what that was on. To be fair, got the radio call from New Zealand just to just to push it to the left. I tell you what, that's it's a it's bittersweet for me. Obviously, big shout out to uh, to the listener there who pulled that one in. It's been a long time coming. However, uh, is this once again, Steph, a, a a directive to me to just you know move closer towards retirement? I mean, we've talked about it a lot, uh, um, and you, know, you seem to be winning while I'm away. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's time that I just cashed in my chips for show me the money. <laughs> no, no, no. We need you back fresh. And last thing, I know you're just out of Boston in a place called Shrewsbury. Do they have Shrewsbury biscuits over there? <laughs> I knew. I felt like you were going to ask me that. Absolutely not. No Shrewsbury biscuits. I've been taking in uh, a lot of root beer. That's my that's my poison. Um, big root beer fan. So whenever we're at a restaurant or a takeout, it's always a root beer. A um, lot of good foods. I've had a lot of good food while I've been here. I tell you, the one that's that's taken top prize. Don't have it in New Zealand yet, and it's a funny over here. It's, it's like run by a religious sort of guy. You know, the guy who started the whole thing is quite religious. They don't open on Sundays, mm-hmm. so no, no, you can't get it on Sundays. But uh, Chick Fil A, I um, I was introduced to Chick. Chick-fil-A and it, it well and truly blew my mind so um, I've been back there a few times or will continue to go back in the next week and a half and uh, I did say I was running out of money I'd say 50% of the spend currently going towards the Chick-fil-A franchise in Shrewsbury Massachusetts <laughs> what's the order what's the standing <laughs> order Oh, just it's just a, they call it a chicken sandwich. It's a chicken burger, staff, but they call it a chicken sandwich. Don't ask me why. Um, it's a chicken. It's a chicken burger. Uh, chicken burger, um, but real. It's, it's like it is sort of like um, like burger, that Burger King sort of BK chicken. It's just a bun, chicken, lettuce, that, you know, maybe some onion, some good sauce, good fries, root beer, you know, large root beer, and uh, I'm a happy man. I do. I will just tell you quickly. As well, because I was started in Chicago, and I know that's one of your favourite places, and uh, I absolutely loved it in there. I had the, I had the deep dish pizza yes, in Chicago, which you know that's the thing today. I'm telling you, amazing, absolutely loved it. The crust, incredible, very nice pizza sauce, etc. Let's not kid ourselves, staff. It ain't a pizza, okay? It's it's a, more of a lasagna, maybe a pie, maybe moving towards a pie. Yeah. But it was tasty, nevertheless. They just needed, I think, they need to can the pizza thing because that's a bit of a fraud. Yeah. But overall, overall, very tasty. Brilliant. Sammy, we'll see you. When are you back? Next week, week after. Uh, no, I'm not back with you guys next week because I lose about three days travelling. Um, but I will I will hopefully have the, the batteries recharged the following week, mate, and uh, you'll hear all the stories in, in full detail uh, when I return. Excellent, excellent, and uh, fantastic. All right, and we've just finished our bracket too, the uh, big barbecue bonanza banquet. Uh, oh, yeah, what one? Well, we haven't yet announced the winner. We're down to the final. Okay. But um, I'm going to test you when you get back to see if you figure it out. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, mate. Love it. Travel well. All right, sir, we'll talk soon. 
going across Australia about now. Across, I think we're there. We're here, brethren. We're here. Across the ditch. I got you. You there? I got you. Yeah, good stuff. Any other Aussies you wanted to sack over the course of the weekend? Sorry, not sack. Uh, deliver an ultimatum. Sorry, not an ultimatum. A scenario. You won't get a bite from me. I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm disgusted. What's Kempy doing? Does he walk around the corridors here say, "Hey, see what I've done here. See what I've done here, peeps." No, I just saw. I just saw a, a post from the Bricky Show on Instagram, and um, yeah, and he, I think he might be backtracking. I'm not 100 percent sure. I haven't read into it, but oh, I don't know, mate. Like people are saying, you know, Stacey Jones should be the coach. Great Kiwi, great. But he's coaching the Warriors for. 40 weeks a year. Madge was coaching New South Wales for five minutes. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But measure of the man, Smithy, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Madge. And I text him when the news came out, um, just thanking him for everything he'd done. And he sent me a very long text back. Um, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. No. No, of course he didn't. Of course he didn't want to go. Uh, and in many ways, that's that was him. He said, right, I'm not going to resign, so you have to push me out. Yeah. And now it's come out. Um, He's decided to stand down. I mean, would New South sorry, Jimmy? Would New South Wales allow him to do both gigs? Well, now depending on who you believe, he's actually got the deal done and just waiting to sign off on it. Um, I think the New South Wales Rugby League got a little excited about having Michael Maguire as their coach and went to market early and said that. Um, anyway, they could have kept that in house. So what we do know is that when they did approve him. Mm-hmm. Even though we won't, we won't. When they did approve him, he had both jobs. So the answer to your question is, of course they were. Mm. So it's the uh, New Zealand Rugby League that sort of reneged. And who, who in the coaching world of any sport beats their nemesis, the number one team in the world, thirty blob, and gets sacked? Who? So the so the other point about that is to and and so they had the two World Cup finalists. Remember the World Cup. Semi-final, they lost by two points. Mm-hmm. The World Cup finalists, Samoa and Australia, in in the space of three weeks, beat one of those teams fifty nil, and then the other team thirty nil. Now, admittedly, a, a loss in there by eighteen points, to, but there was you know six points in it up to the final three minutes. But anyway, it, it, it it's so. Here's the other point that I made too. Um, they talked about. Oh, uh, Greg Peter said there were current senior players that said, no, couldn't continue it. I dragged up a quote from, actually, play this one, Davey. Can you play the Kieran Foran quote? This is from Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy, October 20. So in the middle of the series, his, and this is just when it was coming up with, with New South Wales and, and with the New Zealand Kiwis. Here's Kieran Foran when asked the question around Michael Maguire. Madge's, uh, uh, you know, really, really, um, dedicated coach and, and someone that I you know admire a hell of a lot. So um, look, if there's if there's anyone you know um, that could juggle both jobs, a, a guy like Madge could do it. So what's happened subsequently, Staffy? Yeah, where's the senior players then? You said senior players, and where are they? Who are they? Because I reckon if I That's straw right. polled them anonymously, none of them would say it. Oh, a- 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 absolutely anonymously. Absolutely. Mm. So it's it's a strange situation. But um, anyway, anyway. Well, and, and so the other point is this too. Who takes over? Like you, if you're going to go, let's, uh, all right, we've had a great win, but let's push him out because for these reasons. We've got to believe um, 
a difference of opinion here on this one and a conflict of interest. So let's push him out the door. Who's the one taking over? You, you have to have confidence in the one taking over. And that's the thing. I don't know if they've got one lined up to take over. That, that's, no. that's, they'll do something like, oh, I don't know, Adam Blair or just go back to type and, and we'll get flogged again. Um, it just does my head in. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Anyway. Uh, now, this is – hey, I thought the Kiwis like to play their home tests. I know they come out here not that often to play a Boxing Day and a SCG test match, but they like to play their home tests too, obviously because it's a peak period for them from a financial point of view and mm. a crowds and television audience point of view. So they're, they're coming out 26-27 and there's going to be two test matches at the MCG. Love it. Absolutely. The thing that amazed me is – Two test matches a year at the MCG. That's it. And that's the first time for a gazillion years. They only ever play one test match at the MCG a year. Mm. Why, why isn't it the MAFLG? <laughs> I don't get why is it a cricket ground if you play there once a year? <laughs> that Well, they play a lot of Sheffield Shield. I know no one goes. Yeah. I know no one goes to the Sheffield Shield, but they do play Sheffield Shield there for five games a year. And then, of course, there's the BBL, One Day Internationals, T20 Internationals, and Mm. and all of that sort of thing, too. They have lovely concerts there as well, too. So it could be the Melbourne Concert Ground Mm. as well as the Melbourne (laughs) Cricket Ground. So you must keep that. In perspective as well, have you have you got an update for us? Uh, how things go head to head with the barbecue uh, over the weekend? Oh, look, we uh, we had the semi-finals today. Uh, so uh, sausages and beer, the number one seed and the number three seed, went up against each other. Beer, the number three seed, prevailed reasonably comfortably, which was interesting. So beer into the final. Uh, the other semi-final was meat patties, the eighth seed against steak, the second seed. Steak has prevailed. So, Jimmy, we are five minutes away from announcing our winner, beer versus steak, two seed, three seed. What's your vote? So th- that's interesting. What is this system that 1v3 in a in a semi-final? How does that th- – aren't they on opposite sides? No, all the one, odd numbers. Two, all the, nah, all, right. all yeah, the odd numbers yeah, one no, side, okay. all the even numbers I, the other side. I think it was – I was thinking like the McIntyre system in, in – uh, rugby league semi-finals i thought it was the stafford system and you'd come no, it's up the march madness did. system we found a march madness oh. draw generator that's and that's what gave it to oh, us perfect yeah perfect uh so what's the head-to-head for the final um, steak v beer steak v beer must have oh, at a barbie i'm gonna go steak are you yeah hmm. what, what, what's it running at the moment what's the head what's it looking like um Steak have <laughs> the generator. You've got written down on your A4 pad by the sounds. Yeah, of no. That. I'm, as the text come in, I give each one a tick. Steak is slightly ahead, but we also do votes mm. on Instagram as well. So on the text machine, double eight double three temper beer post text machine, um, <laughs> the steak are slightly ahead, but it's it is reversible. Very quickly, Jimmy. I know we've got to go shortly. What's your go to dip for chips or deep for cheaps? Yeah, okay. Uh, tomato, uh, tomato-based salsa of some description. Uh, mild, not hot. Don't, can't handle the hot. Mm. Uh, guac, guacamole, I don't mind too. But I'll tell you, here's one a little bit left field that's also going to go on the podium for me. French onion dip. Yeah, with reduced cream. 
Yeah, of course, always. Yeah, that's the New always. Zealand staple. That is the New Zealand staple. We've had so many recipes. Is it? Yeah, it's it's the biggest one here. We just use straight onion dip with Nestle juice cream, whip it up, fifteen minutes in the fridge, happy days, best ever. So nothing French about it, just straight onion. Straight dip. onion, not the French onion, straight onion. Wow, mm. wow, okay. You always like to do it a little different over there. Yes, we do. No doubt you'll, you'll vote at number one and then sack it or something. <laughs> do something like that. <laughs> Touche. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> See you, Staffy. See you, buddy. Right, we're announcing the winner. Last chance to vote, double eight, double three. Is it beer? Is it steak? You decide. It's time to crown a champion. It's time to crown a champion. And I tell you what, 80% of the votes came in the last 10% of time. In the last five minutes, it's exploded. Uh, hurriedly totaling up during the ad break, winning by a slender three votes in total. Any that have come in from now on, you're too late. Winning by three votes in total, which means they both, they're both need to be at a barbecue in New Zealand. The inaugural winner of the Big Barbecue Banquet Bonanza on Afternoons with Staffy is steak. Steak in New Zealand. Now, what I need you to do is tomorrow, now that steak is the number one, there'll be some upset people, I want to hear how you do your steak. I want to hear your rubs. I want to hear your marinades. I want to hear your cuts. That's our first half hour tomorrow. Congratulations to steak. We will select a winner of our prize pack, and we'll let you know that tomorrow as well, because there's hundreds It blew up our selection machine. Big thank you to Joey Bell for coming off the bench today. You're supposed to have a day off. You're a champion for coming in and not taking your sunglasses off. The Run Home's next.